0: Welcome to Light It Up, a podcast about resilient women balancing motherhood, their careers, personal lives, and all of the challenges that come along with being a superwoman. Each week, you'll be motivated to take action to lead, inspire, transform, and empower. Now, here's your host, Dr. Regina Mashira. Everybody, Welcome to another episode of Light It Up. I am your host, Dr. Ajina Mashira. I'm so excited about this week's episode. I know you guys probably say you say that every week, but every week I have an outstanding guest. And this week, my guest is someone who goes back, ooh, I think 32 years, if I do the math correctly, because she just had a birthday. Um, Janine. A. Rogers is my guest this week, and if you don't know her, Janine is the author of a brand new novel, Don't Smell Like Smoke. Check this cover out. It is the bomb. Anyway, so welcome to Light It Up, Janine. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me,
1: Gina. I'm so excited to be here and share a little bit about this new project.
0: Yes, I'm so excited <laughs> for you because you just released your brand new book, um, your first time author. But before we talk about that, because that's the fun stuff, um, I did say that we go back like 32 years. So that makes us sound old, but we are not. No, <laughs> we're only 25. Okay. So that's
1: math. (laughs)
0: right so you and I actually went to junior high and high school together we are proud Morgan Park alums Mm -hmm. yes and uh, so we went through seventh and eighth grade together high school Um, and what's really interesting is that you and I both ended up in education as well right right so I don't know if you really want to share with folks what you do professionally or not—it's up to you. Sure. But if you could just take like a few minutes just to kind of tell the audience who you are.
1: Yes, I don't mind sharing. It's part of my journey. So yes, thirty-two years—that does make us sound a little older, but we are still in the prime of our lives. <laughs> um, yes, it—it it is funny. So I started out as a teacher in education and went into administration. This is my eighth year in administration and I am currently an assistant principal in Chicago Public Schools. It's a really exciting journey. I think the education part of my journey helped me write this book because it's part of my life. (laughs) Yes, so I'm, I'm currently mom to a college girl. Was it her sophomore
0: year, nursing school? Yay, you're an empty nester. Yes, I am. Yes. We can probably have some other conversations because I'm going to need you to help me because I'm trying to get to that point.
1: Yes, I can definitely help you. <laughs> it's me and the dog now.
0: <laughs> so you wrote this book, which you just had your book launch um, last weekend, which was an outstanding turnout. I didn't get a chance to physically be there because it was the same weekend as my mom's birthday. And I thought I was going to be able to do both, but I was able to tune in on Facebook live. So I did have an opportunity to see a a little bit of it with the interview with Adrian. So our other really good friend and your birthday twin and um, Adrian wrote the forward for your book, which was just So I got my book today, and I was so excited. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" You, I just want to say, from cover everything like this is a substantial book. Um, and as a fellow author, you know, I think it's safe to say that we want to make sure that we produce a quality product. Yes, absolutely. I'm curious to know, you've worked in, you work in education. You were a teacher. You're an administrator. Did you ever think that you were going to add author to your CV? I did
1: not, and I have not added it yet.
0: (laughs) It needs to be updated. It needs to be updated.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, you know, I've always been a writer. Back even when we were in junior high, I was writing poetry and um, I've always been a reader as well. Uh, my mother would joke because I would hide a flashlight under the cover with books. And I was always a reader and a writer, uh, but it was for pleasure. Yeah. And I never really imagined myself writing a novel. And like you said,
0: it's substantial. When yeah. I saw it, I was like, wow. Yes. <laughs> and that's the thing, like there are, it's almost 300 pages. Yes. It's
1: amazing that I sat down and wrote all of this, but it was a journey. It did not happen overnight. It took a lot of time
0: Mm -hmm. and yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask you, so what made you decide? So you've always, like you said, you've, you've been a writer, avid reader. Um, What made you decide that you would write a book and publish it?
1: Well, uh, I was kind of at a point in my life uh, after my divorce and I had a young daughter. I had gotten my master's degree and uh, I asked, uh, one day I was at church actually, and I heard a message and my pastor preached this message about uh, the three Hebrew boys being in the fire and they were thrown in there. And as they came out, they weren't consumed and didn't smell like smoke. Mm-hmm. And it just, it hit me mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, wow, that's interesting. Um, but how I function, I've always heard words. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I hear words in my head, even when I write poetry, I will hear it before I write it. And so I kept hearing these words over and over don't smell like smoke and I'm kind of like okay what's this and I came to this point in my life where I was alone a lot of friendships had changed Um, I was divorced I was a single mom and I kind of just sat one day like how did I get here and I realized I had prayed a prayer which is a, a good prayer to pray but you have to be prepared for the outcome Mm -hmm. And I prayed for God to give me the right circle of people around Mm -hmm. me. And people started dropping like flies. Uh, And I looked up one day and said, okay, I'm here alone. What am I supposed to get from this? And in that moment, the title came back to me. Mm -hmm. And for kind of like a month or so after that, I just kept hearing the prologue. I would hear it in my head, kind of like a broken record. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is strangers walking down the street? I'm like, what is this? And <laughs> that day I said, let me write it down. Mm-hmm. And I started writing and I literally wrote half of the first chapter. Wow. And I said, whoa, okay. I didn't know that was in me. And so over the next, I started in 2008 writing this book. Okay. And so I would pick it up. I would kind of feel it was time to write, and I would start writing. And I put it down in 2015. I had gotten about half the way through. I let a few people read it. Okay. Mixed reviews, and it was still in a draft form. And I stopped in 2015. And for three years, I didn't write, I didn't hear anything. I didn't feel inspired. I kind of had some people around me that weren't really feeding into mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And we turned the big four. into. <laughs> and it was kind of like, all right, I need to start living my life. And in 2018, I chose to pick it back up. And I started writing in 2020. Uh, I stopped because I didn't know how to finish the book. And uh, the pandemic hit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, okay, you have nothing but time. And right. my daughter, <laughs> my daughter, who is a lovely child, said, mom, when are you going to finish your book? Mm. And I said, oh, it's nothing like your kids reminding you of what you said you would do. Exactly. <laughs> and so if, by December of 20, right, mm. by December of 2020, I had finished and I decided All right. It's time.
0: Uh, And this is your Obama year. You just turned 44. Yes, ma'am. No better time than the present, of course, to release this book. I want to know. So in the book, there are four characters, right? Yes. And that's grace, faith, hope, and joy. Yes. How did you come up with those characters? I know that there is significance to all yeah. of this, obviously. And I think for myself, I've when I wrote my book, my focus was on grace, Yes, which is a part of the title of my book. So I'm just curious if you could share with the audience, you know, because you mentioned that words would come to you. And you had to obviously be in a certain space, a mental and emotional space to write. So as you were writing, did the, the characters come to you right away or did they develop over time? Oh, that's a great question. The names came
1: to me right away. I had the names written down and I didn't really know where I was gonna go with them. Um, but I knew that each person needed their own story. Uh, Initially, I kind of felt the Terry McMillan vibe and let's all overlap the stories, but as I began to tell the first story, I knew that it was not going to necessarily link to the next one that each person was going to have their own set of experiences their own set of trials that they would go through. And so they became little separate stories. They're interwoven in a couple places, but for the most part, they develop through looking at different things that people deal with in life. And so I really had to go back, Webster is my friend, because I did look up those definitions Mm -hmm. the definitions I had heard people you know you'll hear people say faith is this grace is this Mm -hmm. uh what is joy but I really wanted to get to the heart of what they meant Mm -hmm. and then from there built that story around them and so those stories kind of came from what is that and how can I show that in that
0: character's life Mm -hmm. that was fun it was fun okay and I I was telling you earlier that when I got my book, I opened it up and now I wish I I was supposed to mark it because I looked and found it. Oh, you did? Okay. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. It just, I always think about, um, I, I try to focus in on like different connections and, you know, things happening for a reason. So when I got the book and I opened it up to this particular page and I think you told me that this was the chapter um related to hope right yes yes so I don't know I, I'm gonna say that maybe there's a, a hidden message in that for me that I need to kind of focus on now tell me I know hope is chapter three yes yeah, so
1: I know you say you turned to a poem the poem you turned to was on page 170 170 I think hope does have a message for you.
0: Yes. hmm Okay. Yep. And <laughs> I, yep. And I can't read it because if I read it, somebody may think that I'm talking about this. <laughs> You can read it if you like. But um, so look, I'm just gonna tell folks when you get the when you get this, but you know what? If you well, we can get to that. Yeah. Yeah, we can get to that. But I do like the way you've set this set this up as far as each character having their own story. Yes. Um, what is it that, what kept you going as far as you started and you stopped, but what were some um, of the things that may have happened in your life that kind of, you know, motivated you to pick up the pen or get that laptop out and get back to to writing
1: yeah that's good you know relationships you talked about it Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: those connections you know we connect with so many different people and they'll trigger a memory or trigger a thought and so I will say sometimes when I write it is when things have not gone exactly the way I want them to go And so my thoughts come there, but they also come in really happy times. Um, And when I'm at peace, it's kind of like when I'm quiet and I'm in this space where all is well, I want to write about it. So it was a mixture. (laughs) It was a mixture of that. You'll see that in the Mm -hmm. book when you Mm -hmm. get a chance to read it. But I definitely think that one of the inspirations for me was just when I was at home and I would hear music. So I, I love music. We all love music. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and music always reminds me of what was happening in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I would turn on a song and immediately I would have this memory. And so I, the characters are based around certain time frames, so you'll see like a reference to President Bill Clinton. You know, yes, yeah. that was the nineties, right. <laughs> and so you'll you'll see those things. And so part of that was from the music I was listening to for some chapters. I listened to some there's songs in the book that I actually quoted. Okay, and for some chapters, I just turned that on and flowed.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: So it it's really it's kind of different how inspiration happens. I know some people, I had some writer friends tell me, you need to sit down and write for 30 minutes every night. And I was like, I can't write like that. Yeah. That's not my style. I have to write when it hits me. And normally, like I said, it's either when something traumatic has happened, which is mm-hmm. you know, a way of healing mm-hmm. actually, or if you're just in a really good space, then you can just let it go. And so those times when I didn't write, I was in a space that was so toxic or so traumatic that I wasn't able to express it
0: Mm -hmm. until
1: afterwards.
0: Yeah, you know, now that actually triggered something for me, hearing you say that, because when I was writing, I, I always, I knew that I wanted to share my story, there were different phases in my life where I was like, I need to share this. And when I initially started writing, it was going to be about one topic. And, but then my book is focused. um, It is definitely, I talk about my journey, going through a divorce and becoming a single mom. And my book is about four other single mothers, um, and I remember when I was working on the book, my I had um, a writing coach because I needed someone to help me stay on, on track, on target. So it wasn't that I couldn't write. I just, right. you know, approach everything like I've got deadlines. So I needed, an, it, she was more like an accountability. Person, okay. You know, and I remember her saying to me, you know, as I, I, I shared some of the drafts with her, and she said, are you telling your story or are you telling the story about this other individual? Because you're giving this person too much credit. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then she asked me, are you writing this book because you just wanna get something off your chest? Do you find it, it does it need to be therapeutic? what have you and so I asked myself the question how healed am I because Mm -hmm. like you mentioned like when you were going through something toxic or traumatic you couldn't write there was a blockage there and I think at one point in time I was using that as a way to like release you know (laughs) so it's it's amazing how um how writers find different, um, circumstances to kind of motivate them to share a story. Um, and I believe in being transparent, you know, I'd like for readers to be able to, you know, put themselves in my shoes and kind of, yes. you know, yes. and this book, I could already tell because I started in the middle of book and I was turning the pages like, what? <laughs> You're going to yell and scream and cry. <laughs> yeah, because I can't wait to find out what happened. But what, what are your thoughts about, I mean, since you are an avid reader Did you find when you were reading books or do you um, gravitate towards books where you can see yourself in the story or are you just able to read, you know, any type of genre? And what did you want? What do you want your readers of Don't Smell Like Smoke to get from this? Should they look for themselves, look for other people they know?
1: Yeah. Wow. I typically like to read mystery books. Um, that's been my genre of choice Uh, when I was young I worked in a bookstore actually and uh, I would read mysteries all the time I've always been kind of like a action junkie with movies and the like so I like those kind of books but being in a bookstore you get exposed to so much Mm -hmm. so I would pick up some novels and some biographies every now and again if it was someone I was really into Um, But in writing this, I really was thinking, like you said, writing is healing in some way. You know, some people play music and some people draw or paint. And so this is therapeutic for me. Writing is one of those things that comes naturally to me. And so I can express myself very well through the writing. So initially, I can say it started as, let me just get some things out and then when I realized it was developing into stories it it became less about me and Mm -hmm. more about how do I develop this character so that like you said someone can relate to it Mm -hmm. you may not have gone through what Grace went through but maybe your sister did maybe Mm -hmm. a friend maybe you will meet someone who you'll say oh wow that reminds me of this story and let me show you how this person got through. When, when people read this book, um, it's called Don't Smell Like Smoke because we all have our own fires.
0: Yes.
1: Your fire may be divorce. Your fire may be loss. Your fire may be hurt or, um, you know, a missing parent. It can be so many things that are your fire. But at the end of the day, each character learns about themselves. Mm-hmm. and how to get through it and not smell like smoke so at the end of the day when you read this I want you to see how does this apply to your life and that's kind of why at the end you have this workbook because each person went through something and then it kind of helps you reflect it's called self-reflection journal hmm so you can now reflect on how does your story compare and maybe you don't have the same story, but it talks about the theme. So in in Grace, you mm-hmm. look at how she was dealing with identity and how to establish who she was and define herself. Mm-hmm. So all of the workbook questions deal with your own identity and an and affirmation that helps you as you go through that journey because I think every situation we go through, we're going to have to examine ourselves and reflect again because we're ever-changing people. Mm-hmm. So that was that's the goal. I really want people to see either themselves or to see how this story can help them get through their own life.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you that I am very clear now. I don't want you all to think that I'm spooky here, but apparently hope there's this message because when I went to the reflections piece I went right to page 275 reflections on hope wow yes and I know you're part of your story and I know
1: (laughs) hope we will have a good conversation after you read hope because I had an experience very similar to hope Mm -hmm. and even for me Reading and writing that I, rereading it is difficult. Yeah,
0: and
1: yeah, so it's it's personal, but it's mm-hmm. also therapeutic.
0: That, and that was I'm so glad that you said that about reading it um, because it's different when you're writing it. Yes. And then when you go back and you read the finished product from beginning to end, how did that make you feel? Woo.
1: It You know, it's funny. My daughter tried to read a couple pages mm-hmm. and she said, triggered, gotta go, gotta put it down, Ma. And I said, it's okay, honey. It might trigger you. Yeah. Um, I, I've gone through so, it's weird because I had in the publishing process, I probably read it At least a hundred times because Mm -hmm. you're looking for errors.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Does this
1: sound right? And Mm -hmm. how did I pick that word? But then (laughs) I had to go back and get context, and so it was like rereading it all over again. Mm -hmm. And there were times where I really I was kind of emotionally spent Mm -hmm. going back through it because it was like, wow, this is heavy in some parts. And then there were some parts I was just like you felt all the emotions that came with it, mm-hmm. but as an outside observer, which was very weird because I wrote it.
0: Right. right. <laughs> but it also, I think sometimes when, when you're going back and you're reading what you've gone through or part of your journey, then it also gives you an opportunity to reflect, to see how far you've come yeah. and what actually could have transpired
1: yes how you could handle things differently yeah
0: definitely and And you see your growth exactly you see your growth I think also um you know depending on what it is I think also you're probably going to be reflective on your faith as well because I'm sure we all have gone through, if you've lived long enough, yes. you've gone through some stuff yes. that when you go back and you think about it and you have to say, God was really with me.
1: Yes. And In you're like, these situations, right? I went through all that and I don't look like it.
0: Wow. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's for me, that is something where um, I think as women, I'll say this, as women, especially, um, when you have accomplished women who, you know, in our, in our cases, we're both divorced. We're raising yeah. children. You've raised your daughter. Yeah. You're the still infant. raising, but... still raising her from a, from a, from a distance. From a distance. But, yeah. yeah. And when people see, so when people see you, they don't, they wouldn't think, oh, Janine, you know, mm-hmm. had some struggles here or dealt, dealt with this challenge or what have you they just see your outward appearance the finished product they see right. you know you're successful you've moved up in your career you have beautiful family that's what they see but they don't recognize the struggle or what it took for you to get to where you are yes. and I have to tell people I was saying you know before we we came on you know, the different inbox messages that you get. (laughs) Yes, I've been getting them back to
1: back. Hi, everybody.
0: (laughs) And it's so, you know, um, I'll say this. I remember when I filed for divorce and I think I announced that my divorce was final. And maybe I'm that weird person who remembers the date and the exact time that the judge said. I remember. Okay, (laughs) okay. don't feel so bad then what are we celebrating okay (laughs) november 6th it will be eight years
1: wow august 5th it
0: made
1: 15
0: wow oh yeah we gotta talk (laughs) (laughs) yes but i remember people saying oh i'm so sorry and i was like i'm not what are you sorry for um, but I remember receiving so many inboxes and I had to tell people, I am not, and I'm not saying that I'm pro-divorce, but right. what I don't believe in, I don't believe in remaining in a toxic, unhealthy relationship. Not at all. Not for the sake of the children or not because society says, you know, as a woman, you should be married or you should, you know, seek companionship if you are not happy, yeah, you know, you know, and I think you mentioned that Raven said to you, mom, when are you going to finish writing that book? And it's amazing how our children will encourage us and influence us to do certain things, right? Yes. yes. I remember my children saying to me, one of the reasons why I stayed married as long as I did was because of my children, because yeah. I grew up in a home with both my parents and I didn't want them to grow up in a single parent household, but I remember them saying, you're not happy. We just Mm. want you to be happy. And so it's interesting how we can also get life from our children and we have given them life. Yes. Yes. Um, but what would you say to people who, um, who see Janine A. Rogers, and maybe think that Janine A. Rogers didn't have any struggles. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. lie.
1: I mean, I would say, you know, when we, like, you just said so much, there's so much I could say about that, but I mean, honestly, that's the prologue of this book, Um, and, and when you read it, it's, It's very indicative of what you just said. When you meet someone, you meet their outward appearance. You can see, and I've had people say, oh, you published a book, you're an author, oh my goodness, as if every other issue you've ever had melted away because you've had this accomplishment. Mm -hmm. No, I'm still a human. I still go to work. I still have bills. My man does not care that I published this book, okay, (laughs) the mortgage (laughs) company does not care, right, you know, when you see people, I think that's why you have to get to know their story, I, I always believe that there's something more to people, it doesn't matter if they are high ranking, or, you know, as you would maybe consider not as successful, everyone has a story. And when you learn someone's story, it gives you so much more understanding about why they do what they do, uh, what their thoughts are, how they function. And so when you see me and you see this book, just know that there was, there was a lot of molding of the clay that had to happen for this to come. And I have not yet arrived. We're not going to say that I am at my peak, it's a its a very high part of the mountain, but I believe there's more for me, but that doesn't mean that anything you accomplish is going to come with some kind of trial. You know, if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth it. Mm-hmm. And so when you see people and they look all put together, know that there's a story behind it. And if you really care to know the person, Get to know their story because then you understand what is behind that. And that's where the some the substance comes in. That's where the connection, like you said earlier, comes in because we just connected, like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. We got to talk about this. <laughs> right. We got to talk about that. And, and human human relationships are the currency of life. Someone coined that phrase. I love it though, because once you connect with someone. You see how similar we are instead of how different. And I think when you can empathize with someone and what they've gone through, you, you have a different respect for them. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. So when people see me, I hope they know I am not perfect. Yes, uh, I might strive for perfection, but I'll have some bumps along the way because I'm human. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I want to know, how did you manage... Um, what was, I guess, what was the most um, challenging aspect of writing this novel? Mm,
1: well, finishing. <laughs> 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 Anybody who wants to write a book, I, I do want to share with people who may be interested in telling their stories, because as you said, we've gotten a lot of inboxes. Yeah you'll never see yourself as inspiration to others until you do something but then people start saying oh my god I need to finish my book Mm -hmm. I want to tell my book I want to tell my story um I would just say don't quit on yourself don't quit because there were many times when I was I had friends close to me who were like I'm not really feeling that Mm -hmm. and I was like oh Crush my little pipe dreams and I'm like okay well what do we do now and I could have quit I could have said that's it I could have stopped at that point but I knew that there was more that I wanted to write and share so you do need like you said a really good person as an advisor mm-hmm. uh, someone with experience and no matter how long it takes this was literally
0: like a 12-year journey <laughs> but that's okay <laughs> because here here to me from what I get from this is that you didn't quit it may have t- and it doesn't matter I guess from my perspective doesn't matter how long it took you. nobody really really could have should have well, I shouldn't say they shouldn't have known but you know what I mean but you're very yes. transparent in sharing yes. that um because I I do hear people you know ask the question well how long did it take you to write the book or um people who talk about oh I wrote this book in 30 days or you know but um I just say you didn't quit you didn't give up so it's all
1: about what works for you
0: exactly
1: I mean I might have I might written 20 pages at a time or 40 pages but then when I paused, it may have been a longer pause because I had a young daughter, I was you know, into my career. There were other things that took precedence, but I always picked it back up, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then things that came, so much came at the end of Gina, you would not believe. So much came to me at the end and people just drop little nuggets
0: Mm. when
1: you're close. I think when you're close to that finish line, things start to line up and and a very special person told me, you write poetry. Why isn't your poetry in your book? Mm. That was an addition after it was finished.
0: Um, The workbook. I I appreciated that when I opened up the page and I saw the poetry first. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) (laughs) poetry is my passion i used to do open mics all the time and
1: and you know spoken word and and they're just like why wouldn't you put that in that's part
0: of you exactly exactly um what what would you say was and don't say finishing the book what was the most rewarding (laughs) part of this journey for you was it finishing the book
1: uh, no. Okay. Yeah, but yes, I think having it all come together. It was in pieces. It was finished in pieces. And so sometimes you can do one part and then you're like, how's it going to mesh with mm-hmm. the next part? So like I was saying, the poetry that got put in and and then I started coming up with the journal questions, but it wasn't a journal. It was just like questions at the end of the chapter. And, and then I said, mm, that's not enough. Let me, you know, embellish a little bit. Let me, let me develop this. And so seeing it all come together, I think when I got my proof copy, that was that moment mm-hmm. when I was like, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> this is real. Yeah. And, and I, I did it and I'm proud and, and thankful, thankful mm-hmm. for the strength to, to do it. So
0: now, let me ask you this, because, and I'm just thinking about, you know, when you, when you started and when you finish, did you actually, because I don't know why my dad is telling me, did you actually handwrite or did you type? You hand wrote this didn't you? It was a mixture. So
1: I have my notebooks. Uh-huh. I feel like, remember when Tupac came out with the book, a rose that grew from concrete. Uh-huh. I was like, one day I'm going to put my manuscript out and my scribble scrabble. But yes, it was, it was handwritten for a long time. I had notebooks that I would just keep and I would pick up. And then one day I was like, what if you lose this notebook? What if, what if something happens? What if you spill coffee? Mm-hmm. on this page and I started typing it and once I got maybe halfway through mm-hmm. the rest became typing but it was funny I would have points throughout the day when words would come to me but my computer wasn't there yeah so I have notes in my phone yep. that I would be like hold on I've uh-huh. yes <laughs> I tried to record it first okay. yeah I tried to record it first and type it and I couldn't keep up with me talking. I was like, this is not working. <laughs> <laughs> not working. So yeah, it's handwritten for at least the first half and, and a few other parts, but yeah, that's, it's funny. But the typing now, it just kind of works. It yeah. just
0: keeps, yeah. And I asked that question only because that's how I started as well. I had my journal, my really? notebook, and then I, 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 I would use the phone or sometimes if something came to me and I had a little sticky note, this was before I even yes. thought to use the phone <laughs> to take note. And then I transitioned to, to my laptop. So yes. And scraps of paper napkins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't know why I feel like maybe we need to credit one of our English teachers. I don't know. We had so many amazing um English teachers at Morian Park but I feel like the fact that we had you know similar tactics (laughs) going through this process I know did you have Miss Conway I did shout out to Miss Conway
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love Miss Conway she just oh she developed us as writers but she taught us like about the different genres and Mm -hmm. to appreciate
0: different styles so
1: I I do like that
0: I gotta tell you something funny one day I was uh I posted I made a Facebook post and I don't know my fingers must I may have been thinking one thing and typed another and she sent me an inbox message she oh. said, Gina you may want to go back and um, look at reread that post did like, she oh. edit you <laughs> but I and and I am the snob you know um, I, I text the way I speak so okay. I'm sorry you're gonna I don't do the shorthand I I need people yeah. to translate and so I was so embarrassed but I was also thankful I was like see she thought so much of me that she pulled me by the coattail and was like mm-hmm. look
1: she will pull you by the coattail uh-huh.
0: on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> but I was glad that she didn't go on my post and say
1: anything.
0: Right. At least she DM'd you. Yes. So you can kind of correct it yes. on the back end. Yes. So if you're watching Mrs. Conway, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we love you. She bought a book. Oh good, awesome. Yes.
1: Awesome. Book, so I'm excited to see what she thinks our English teacher. Yes.
0: So that's one thing that I cannot, and thank you so much. I can, look, so I'm I'm so I don't know. Don't look, I got we signed, copied. Oh. Yes, but one thing that I thought was absolutely um incredible, and you know, I I kind of shattered a tear because I thought about, there were so many different thoughts that came to my mind when I picked up this book today, when I when I received it. I thought about us as seventh and eighth graders. I don't know why I thought about our eighth grade trip to Washington, D.C. Ooh, yes, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. We won't tell all those secrets. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> but to have your... One of your best friends yeah. and your birthday twin, the accomplished Adrian Samuels Gibbs to write the foreword. word, I think was just, I was like, this is truly an example of um, friendship, sisterhood, you know, all of that because um, you guys, yeah, have a 30 plus year friendship right only one more than us only 33 okay whatever but um you know i just i I think i was thinking about how all of us have done well for ourselves and then we are still connected in some way shape or form it's just like you know before the right at the heart of the no right before the pandemic i was down in atlanta Forward. i saw you yeah. got to hang out with hadia just love her to pieces so she yeah. already knows if my babies go to school in atlanta she got to look out for the people that's right that's but right i, I love <laughs> the way um that we can all come together and support one another Yes. Yeah. it doesn't matter whether or not we talked last week or if it was five years ago or what have you we can all pick up from where we left off. And I think that speaks volumes. Um, Absolutely. There was something, and and it just made me chuckle. If you don't mind, I wanna, um, or maybe you you should read it, but. Yeah, I don't mind. (laughs) (laughs) This made me laugh though. Once upon a time, Janine Rogers and I were the scrawny little smart girls in French class. We were sassy, thought we were sexy, and for sure believe we knew all the ins and outs of school, men, and life, all at the grand old age of 14. <laughs> and that made me laugh because I'm just yes. like, we were something else at that age. We were. <laughs> and all of that is true. We thought we were yes. grown. <laughs> yes. But the other piece that stood out for me too is that... um. The upbringing that we had, we were considered a lot of us to be good girls because there were just certain things that we just wouldn't do do. and couldn't Couldn't do, do. wouldn't do. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And you were raised, and I remember your mom from when we, you know, were younger. (laughs) So you were raised in a single parent home as well. And how do you? Your relationship with your mom and your upbringing, I know obviously she, she did a phenomenal job, um, but what would you say, what type of influence would you say that she had on, on you? And also as far as um, the support that you received from her in order to get this manuscript completed? Because I'm sure she was your biggest cheerleader
1: she is, she still is today. She's like, you're doing a podcast. Let me know. How do I see it? You know, (laughs) she has always been, my mom put everything on hold when she had me. And I don't necessarily agree with that being a single mother now. So to our single mothers out there, you really have to choose your journey. I still think that you can develop yourself while you nurture your children but she did everything she gave me experiences she believed that our young black boys and girls were not any less privileged they just didn't have the same experiences so every time she could take me somewhere and I don't know how she did it because she tells me all the time oh we were poor I was like we were because I sure didn't know because she made it happen you know black moms make it happen no matter what And so she always told me, follow, do whatever it is that you love. And she encouraged me, she exposed me to many things. So parents like single moms, expose your children, they don't have to latch on to it, but give them a chance to kind of discover what they like. So she gave me that chance and she pushed me. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was no nonsense, you know, A's and B's better come home. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) She she pushed me for excellence, but she also, if I fell, if I stumbled, she was always there to say, all right, I got you. Let me help you back up. And and that's from a child till today, you Mm -hmm. know, just even two days ago, having a crisis with my daughter Mm -hmm. and she was like, all right, let's roll, mm-hmm. and, and that's been her, so, and, and I think it's funny, because you don't really recognize that when you're young, you just think that's your mom, until you grow up, and you hear other people didn't have that, right. and it's such a blessing, and I try to build that into our stories mm-hmm. uh, in, in the book, so that every character has some type of mother figure, maybe not a mom, maybe a friend, maybe an aunt, maybe someone, because you may not have a mom, but you may have a spectacular grandma, Mm -hmm. or someone who works with you, who takes on that mothering role, and I really think as women, we need that. We need to be connected, because we help each other through things. We, you know, we just... We have that nurturing sense, uh, but also that tough love sometimes, you know, get it together. What are you doing out here? You know, I know there's more. So she's just been awesome. Amazing. She was actually one of my beta readers, my first beta reader. <laughs> yes.
0: Awesome.
1: Even though she marked it up, she was like, Ugh right here what is that but it it was funny it was it was a big point of vulnerability for me to give her this because there's some very personal things in here that she could recognize from my life and she was like did this really happen and some stuff I was like no ma that's you know no Mm -hmm. and then other stuff I had to say yeah and we had to have some talks and she's like wow i never knew you know what was happening in this instance and that or how you dealt with it so it brought us closer as mom and daughter
0: that's wonderful yeah you make me cry don't we <laughs> not cry you know what and because i'm thinking you just celebrated your mom yes my mom turned 69 um so she's a libra just like (laughs) but i was just thinking about you know how our no matter how old you get your mother is still gonna be your mother yes and it's still gonna mother you (laughs) yes Yes. um (laughs) Because I know when I, um, when my mother read my book, she didn't know about something. She knew some things, but she didn't know everything. And it was, it was an interesting journey for me because she was kind of like the outsider. you know, our parents have, they envision their children's lives to turn out to be a certain way. Perfect. Yeah. And they may suggest or give their unsolicited advice. (laughs) Mm, Unsolicited. (laughs) Uh And and tell you what they think you should do based upon either their own experiences or because of what they wish for their children. Not realizing that sometimes they've got to make the best decision for themselves and their circumstance. Right. Um, and so I just remember my mom um saying to me, she was like, I'm sorry. Wow. Because she said, I didn't look at it from your perspective and what you were actually, you know, dealing with or going through. And that's pretty, I think that's pretty big, you know. We come from a, gener- a generation where that well that generation of parents, they don't really apologize.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, my mom had a few apology moments. And I mean, I think if you're a mom and you're if you're human and you really want to be honest, you have to be able to admit where you messed up. You know, there there are those you can't be too big to say this one wrong. And and that's so beautiful for your mom to be able to say that to you mm-hmm. and you also get past it like yeah. and it just really strengthens you
0: yeah yeah they're so, not from the apologizing generation at all <laughs> <laughs> and, and and yeah and but it's it's um i think it's amazing how a book can you know help to cultivate a relationship, How to strengthen a relationship, make you, you know, go back and reflect on some things. Yes. So um, for those, I'll say for those of you who want to write, um, who want to become a published author, um, it can be done. It can be done. But it takes a lot of time, commitment. Dedication. dedication. Yeah. Patience a lot of patience
1: I you know if and if I might just add you know one of the most challenging part writing I think is the easiest part and people don't realize that because people think they want to write this perfect book but once you have it written you are nowhere (laughs) close to the finish line and I learned that the hard way because I self-published yeah and Even though I had an editor and she worked with me and she's my sorority sister um, and she has her own company, which was great. It's just so many moving pieces that you have to learn. Yes. And I feel like now I could do a class on it because
0: (laughs) the number of hours. Yeah, I was going to say you learn a lot. But what I really want to know, because this cover, this cover is hot, okay, I cover. Oh, I don't know why I can't get my camera right. <laughs> oh, I can see it. I okay. love it. So tell me about it because I'm focused on the red bottoms and and the the flames. How did you come up with this cover? because this hmm.
1: I'm when I tell you this cover was a process. I had a picture in my head kind of when I wrote it I really didn't know what the cover would look like but I was like smoky something and I felt like there should be like a person walking through some embers or something like that Mm -hmm. so I took my non-graphic arts abilities and tried to create my own cover oh it was okay yeah I was real <laughs> ambitious honey I downloaded an app and I was like oh I can do this you know we're we're, we're millennial women you know yeah. we can do it we don't need it hey I can do it and so I did it and I showed it to a few people and they were like it's okay so you know, it didn't pop mm-hmm. and I was like okay and then I looked at books they always tell you look at books that are in your mm-hmm. genre yes and best sellers, because you know we claim a bestseller so I'm like let me look at some best sellers and see and I tried to kind of mimic what they were doing but it didn't fit
0: yeah
1: and I, I got to the point where I said let me look google it <laughs> and google said you should make sure that you spend a significant, don't be afraid to spend on your cover because mm-hmm. it's the first thing people will see. Yeah. It'll catch their eye. And and so I, I reached out to a friend and they referred me to um, this gentleman, Ahmad Lee. Mm-hmm. He's a graphic artist. Um, shout out to Ahmad. I've never met him in person. Okay. Um, the internet is what it is, but... <laughs> We connected, he's from Chicago, and I gave him my amateur pictures and said, I want something with some smoke and some fire and a lady walking through it. something like that, and uh, I, at first uh, I had a lady on the cover, and she was not African-American, and my mother was like, they can't be on the cover, and I was like, oh, okay, I marketed to everyone about <laughs> So he gave me this markup and he had all these different... So he had the general, he had fire and he had some smoky effects and he had these real kind of looked like bedazzled shoes on the front, on fire. But I'm sorry, they look like stripper shoes. (laughs) We can't have stripper shoes on the cover. We can't have stripper (laughs) shoes on the front of the cover. And so... You know what? Uh, I, I talked to you know I have I have a really close friend who was just like, look, when you think about women who are established and women who have gone through something, you there's something that makes them stand out, and you want shoes on your cover, and I don't know any shoe that stands out more than a red bottom, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and um, that's why I do not have red bottoms in my closet but that's on the list now that i'm an author that's what
0: manifested
1: (laughs) yes yes but i wanted something that was gonna pop and so we played around and then he said well look at this and i I had to find all these different images of red bottoms the right image and when he put this together i was like that's it that is it and seeing it on display When you held it up even, I'm just like, that is my book. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) But I I I wanted it to look professional, like you said. I didn't want it to look like I self-published. I've seen some books that are self-published and they look self-published, and I wanted it to look professional. So even if you already self-published,
0: just redo your cover and publish it again. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cover matters it matters. It really really does it does
1: when I worked at a bookstore I was actually responsible for doing displays mm-hmm. and that was the first thing you that caught your eye we put books on display so people could see the cover when they walked in and we would decide which books to put out based on covers and what would catch eyes and so I was like well I think this is different Mm-hmm. I like being different. I don't want it to look like everybody else's.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think this will catch your eye.
0: Well, it definitely has caught my eye. And look, I'm going to tell you, I just see, actually, I see myself because, you know, I wear three, four inch heels because I'm trying yeah. to feel like I'm over five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> so I can relate already. I don't own red bottoms. I wish I did. But I can relate because I'm thinking about actually my black patent leather uh, stilettos that I have.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, I <had> leather. <laughs> and what do women put on when they want to look beautiful and they want to show that they have arrived? You know, when we dress up, we got to have heels. That's right. Because it just does something to your confidence. It boosts your look. And so heels just kind of stood out to me. I wanted them on the front.
0: Well, I think this is just an absolutely amazing cover. Um, so now here's the important thing. Tell people where they can pick up Don't Smell Like Smoke.
1: Yes. Well, you can go to the website, www.dontsmellikesmoke.com. You can order directly from the website. I also have a blog on the website that I'm going to be pushing. We're gonna be having weekly blogs. I will probably post portions of our interview on there just because I think readers like to hear about authors and and their inspiration. Mm -hmm. It is also available on Amazon and Kindle. And for now it's on Kindle Unlimited. So if you're an Unlimited member, you can get it. And I actually downloaded my book on amazon i think that was the most fun i had was downloading (laughs) and i i'm gonna show you it is on my phone right now and i was like oh my god that's my book on amazon (laughs) so that was fun um you can also follow follow me on facebook at don't smell like smoke or Instagram at don't smell like smoke. So there'll be regular posts and updates and pictures. And as more events come up, I'll post them there and join our contact list so that you can keep up to date with everything.
0: Well, you know, what I'm doing right now is light it up podcast is about to follow you on Yay. Instagram and on Facebook. Um, so I'm doing that right now. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh, yes, me too. And please oh. write a review. Ooh. Yes. Make sure you guys write reviews. Um, that is so very important.
1: Yes. Yeah. So important. Because if you're a person like me, I like reading what other people thought. And yeah. it kind of influences me to say, oh, okay. So please write a review after you've read it. And I'd love to read them because I just
0: want to know what you think about the book. Now, let me ask you this. So you had your book launch. Do Are you going to have any other readings or special events or book signings coming up um, over the next few weeks?
1: So um, my, my girlfriend, Adrienne, is forward. Has told me every major city now uh so <laughs> she said you need to go to every city adrian i need you in my life <laughs> yes <laughs> so i right now i am um starting to reach out to bookstores and to get it on some shelves i do have a few people who have inquired about book clubs so there'll be some book clubs getting the book and I can do a guest appearance okay I'm definitely going to be planning for Atlanta there's a black owned bookstore there who she's um, extended the invitation for me to do a reading and whatever else comes up hey
0: I may just have to hop on the flight and go down to uh, Atlanta let's go let's go I had fun the last time I was there
1: oh Atlanta is always fun and Heidi is
0: a great host yes she
1: is (laughs) yes yes so I'm hoping I'm hoping to be booked up soon with some future events and dates of course uh, I'm open so if you're interested if you know anyone who's interested
0: have them reach out on the website awesome well I am so extremely happy for you and excited for you I am I know what I'm going to be doing over the next few days this is going to be a part of my self-care so yes I'll be be reading because I I'm like super super excited so those are you going to start in the middle no no no. (laughs) I'm not I'm not going to start with hope (laughs) I am going to start with grace (laughs) So that's grace, faith, hope. And then it's only fitting though, that you end it with joy. And that's what I did not ask you about. You started with grace. How did you, before we kind of wrap up, how did you decide the order that you would place your Mm. characters?
1: I wish I had like a real deep answer, but they came to me in that order. And so as I wrote them, I wrote, I did not write it with that progression in mind, but I knew that grace was the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so that story in itself kind of goes through her beginning Mm -hmm. and moving on. But joy, I knew joy was the final chapter, but I knew I couldn't write joy until I had joy, Mm -hmm. which is why it was very difficult for me to write it in that gap. I really had to pause and say, how am I going to write this? Because I can't write, I'm not a false person. And I mean, I know a lot of writers make up their stories, but I I always put my heart into my writing. So if I don't have it, you're going to know it's going to sound trite or forced. And I didn't want it to sound forced. So I really had to pause and wait until it came to me. And it came to me in COVID, came to me in COVID. And I just said, okay, COVID helped me find joy because I had to find myself as we all did because we yeah. were by ourselves, right? Hello, yeah. <laughs> and and I, it, it helped me because I had to get past some things, mm-hmm. you know, all those things that came ahead of time. But it's joy is inspirational for me because it's kind of, it's left open. It gives you an opportunity to say, what are those possibilities? Joy still has her own trials and fires and the like, but she, I believe, embodies the spirit of possibility and Mm. opportunity. And so I wanted to end there because the sky's the limit.
0: (laughs) Well, you just preached a word right there. (laughs) I don't want to be a preacher well no 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 I'm just saying because I I get it that resonated with me it really did I'm so glad it I'm telling
1: you and that warms my heart that makes me want to cry because if you if you get that I just think it opens the door for your own life Mm -hmm. I, I learned so much about myself that I'm not going to allow anyone to put limits on me because now that I've done this, I know there's no limit to what I can do. And I want everybody who reads this to know no matter what you went through, there's no limit to what can become from your life.
0: Yeah. All right. So before I start crying, because I don't have any clinics around, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: proud of you and your podcast. Okay. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and I'm glad that I can give you an opportunity too to talk about your book and, you know, share your experiences and this is exactly what I wanted to do is to be able to highlight folks who, you know, are doing some great things that maybe other people may not hear about. So, I'm going to share your podcast I think it's truly
1: inspirational and you're so one just the fact that you and Adrian are both my friends of 30 plus years and you're doing great things and and have these platforms I'm just like wow you know when you ask for the right circle of people around you he really will give you the right circle
0: I'm just so excited I'm excited for you look we're we are doing some really um good things great things and and still even with what you do from your day to day with helping children the babies the babies yeah yes I was tying shoes in pre-k today (laughs) (laughs) that's okay the babies need you too (laughs) And we love the babies. Too. Yes. Well, I thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with me and talk about uh, "Don't Smell Like Smoke." Remember, guys, if you want this book, you can go to the website dontsmelllikesmoke.com. dot com. You can also get the book on Amazon, but I'm pushing go to dontsmelllikesmoke.com dot com so yes. you get a signed copy because you can't yes, get a signed you copy a sign. on Amazon you gotta find me that's right (laughs) and uh my girl is on the move so you may not be able to find her so order from the website (laughs) that's right
1: that's right
0: (laughs) well thank you so much for joining you thank you for having me this was so much fun (laughs) (laughs) so ladies and gentlemen until next time don't forget to light it up and shine bright like a diamond Thanks for joining me this week on Light It Up. Make sure you visit my website at www.lightituppodcast.com or www.ajinamohamed.com. You can also find me on social media using the handle at Light It Up Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or you can simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next time, light it up and shine bright like a diamond. Transcripts and recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner.